Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 429 for the third of Shvat in a regular year. Yesterday, we had a whole discussion about Freud and one of his theories, which he called Thanatos, after the Greek word for death, uh, all about how humans have this nature to self-destruct, to to um, to move towards death, so to speak. And we started looking at this in the light of the Tanya and what we've been discussing in the Tanya and how at first glance, there seems to be a parallel there to what the Alter Rebbe describes in terms of the tendency of the Jewish soul, the kind of innate nature of the Jewish soul towards self-abnegation and to revert back to its source. But what we're going to be learning about today is that this actually, this uh, this tendency, this nature that we all have as Jews to self-abnegate, to revert back to our source in God is actually the total antithesis of death. In fact, it could not be further from the truth. In fact, this is the epitome of life. And in fact, those people who deny their source, who deny their uh, their nature of this self-abnegation, their nature to return back to their source, those are the ones that are actually living in a way that we can liken to quote-unquote death. So what do I mean by this? So one of the major themes of the Tanya, which we've begun to speak about, and we're going to delve into it a lot more as we get further into the Tanya, is that the only true reality is God. God is the only true reality. Everything comes from God. Everything is pure godliness. There is nothing separate from him. It's true that there's a whole realm of things, which we've referred to as the Sitra Ahra or the Klippa, which conceal God and which God created as sort of like a, a kind of representation of that which is opposed to him. But in fact, as we've already discussed, even thing, these things are receiving their life force and vitality from God because everything receives its life force and vitality from God. It's just that they don't reveal it in as much of a revealed way. In fact, they they receive the vitality in a very much backhanded, concealed way, but everything ultimately is coming from God. So the truth is, the true reality of everything is that we owe our lives, we owe our very existences to God. So any sense that we have of our own self-sufficiency, of our own ego, so to speak, is really an illusion. So this is something that actually many other cultures have come to embrace and come to understand. Uh, You see this a lot in Eastern cultures as well, this idea that the ego is an illusion and the ego is false. Uh, The ultra rabbit today will go so far as to, to say he doesn't use the word ego, but it basically is kind of alluding to that same idea is likened to death, in fact, because it's it's not real. So anything that's not real, anything that's false is not something that's alive. And it can be thought of as being in the realm of something that's that's dead. 
If we go back to the candle analogy, then if you think about it, it's the same thing like the flame of the candle. The only thing that really allows a candle to be a candle, the only thing that allows the, the candle to light up is because of the element of fire. So it's like, well, the flame, it looks very beautiful. You know, you look at a bonfire, you look uh, at a candle and you look at that flame. The truth is that that flame doesn't really have any independent existence at all. The only thing that's happened in the case of what, why we see this flame as having an independent existence is that when we ignite the fire on the wick, then the element of fire becomes manifest in this particular flame. But it's really the element of fire that's being manifest. It's not like the flame in its own right in its own existence. Like there's no existence of this flame apart from fire, apart from the element of fire. So it's a similar thing too with our souls that are true. Our souls are likened to a flame. So, and it's like the flame of God. So our souls are really just a manifestation, just a reverberation sort of from God. And so to think that our souls have their own existence, to think that we have our own existence independent from God is total falsehood and it's totally not true and not real. And to live in such a way where we're living as if we have our own independent existence when we really, really don't, uh, the altar Rebbe likens this to death. And he also likens this to insanity, as we'll see, because it's like if a person basically is living with, uh, like, what is the definition of insanity? Well, like, think about it. Like, let's say if you have a court case and then a person, you know, let's say a person did a really horrible crime. They murdered somebody or they, you know, stole a tremendous amount of money or something like that. Then when they plead uh, instead of you can plead guilty, you can plead not guilty, or you can plead insanity. What does it mean to plead insanity? It's sort of like this thing that you weren't in your right mind. You weren't in your right headspace. You weren't acting as you really are. There were, you were like, like people used to think of insanity as being like possessed kind of. And there's a certain truth to that in the sense that it's like when a person is acting in, in an insane way, they're really not acting like themselves. It's not the true self, which is why sometimes, you know, the, uh, with mental illness and insanity, it can be so heartbreaking to see somebody that you really love and that you know is a really good person, but then they do things that are so outside of their true character, right? So we see this in a very manifest way in terms of what we understand to be mental mental illness, but uh, the Altreba is really going to define mental illness or insanity in terms of anybody that goes against the will of God, because going against the will of God is basically a statement that you are denying the fact that you are just a representation of God, that your soul is merely just a reflection of God. And you're saying, you're pretending, you're living within this delusion and, and acting within this delusion that you have your own existence in your own right, which is totally false and is in fact totally the opposite of life it's it's really like into death it has there's no life in a in a place like that so that's kind of where i believe freud really went wrong in his theory about the death instinct but at the same time perhaps it was something he was sort of getting somewhat of a sense of what's going on in the sense that he recognized that we all have this um this attraction to self-abnegation to to moving away from the boundaries of our body and this delusion of um of 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 separateness kind of but where he got wrong is it wasn't this wasn't about moving towards death but in fact it's it's this instinct that we all have to move towards life to move towards the life of all life which is god and what this ultimately translates to perhaps perhaps seemingly paradoxically um, where it's like because our instincts are to move towards God because our, our natural um, 
soul wants to be one and cleave to God, what this translates to into practicality is to doing God's will, to performing God's will, which is to stay alive, very much to stay alive, and to make this world into a dwelling place for God and to, uh, and to be very much alive here. Which interestingly enough, this is kind of a little bit going off tangent here, but elsewhere in Hasidus, there's actually discussions about this, about the great, uh, the great difficulty that the soul has in being here in this world, because it's not its natural state of being. And it's, there's, there's a great self-sacrifice that happens uh, in the soul agreeing to come down into this world and to make this world into a dwelling place for God, because it's not its natural home here. It, it's much more comfy. It's much more comfortable to be one with God and to be separate from the physical world. But nevertheless because like the ultimate uh, ramification of wanting to be close to our maker to our source to our creator is in uh, denying even our own feelings of wanting to be close um, to come down here and to make this world into a dwelling place for us. So it's sort of like you can think about it in terms of like, let's say you have a child who wants to make their parent happy and just wants to do everything that they can to be close to their parent, to be one with their parents and all of that. Um, but let's say part of that means going out into the world and making money for the family, which will mean spending a lot of time away from the parent. But ultimately, this is for the sake of being close to their parents, you know? So with all of that being said, let's get into the text and see how the Ultra Rebbe uh, explains all of this. And for context, we are in the middle of chapter 19 of Likutei Amarim. And the altar of it begins by really giving us this link between um, between holiness and the attribute of chokhmah, which if you recall from yesterday's episode, and please go back and review it if you need to, uh, we actually concluded yesterday's episode by bringing up this aspect of chokhmah and saying that this aspect of chokhmah is in fact the source, the origin of this innate feeling that we all have to want to uh, re- return back to our source, back to our creator who is God and how we spoke about how this is something that is super rational. It's not it's not a rational thing. It's something that's above logic, above reason. So now today the Ultra Rebbe is is going to get deeper into this and explain to us how the reason for this is because Chokhmah comes from a place which is known as Kodesh Ha'elyon, supernal holiness. Why? So what's what's the connection between holiness and chokhmah? Like what's, you know, chokhmah, we loosely translate it as wisdom. But as we'll see, it actually means something much deeper than this. And, and translations are very lacking in this sense. Um, so this is because the word chokhmah, if we actually look at the word chokhmah, it's, it's made up of two words. Um, chokhmah, if you look at the spelling of the word chokhmah, you find those two other words in there, chokhmah, which means the power of what? which is an allusion to this idea of it not having any existence of its own. It's acknowledgement of its uh, lack of intrinsic sense of self. Like it's the power of what? Of, of the power of, of self-abnegation, basically. And this is the exact opposite of the aspect of klipa and sitra which are on the other side of things. And this is where the souls of the non-Jewish nations come from, like the idolatrous nations, about whom those people are described as being very self 
oriented, very much having this really strong sense of self. Um, the Ultra Rabbit brings a few citations to describe this. One is from Mishli chapter 30, verse 15, where it says, Hav Hav, which means give, give. And also we see with Esav uh, in Bereshi's chapter 25, verse 30, where he said, Halaiteni, get feed me. So it's like that there's this very like self-orientation, you know, of give to me, feed to me. Like there's there's a a lot of ego there. Um, and they th they think of themselves of, as being something of substance in their own right, which is the total opposite of the idea of Chochmah. Now, this is the interesting paradox is like the, these people are so self-oriented, but ironically, the sages in the Gemara, uh, in Masechet Brachos, page 18b, refer to them as being dead. And the Ultra Rebbe brings another citation from Echa, chapter 7, verse 12, where it says that the the chokma will give life, and um, and also this another citation from Eov chapter four verse twenty one yamutu velove that they will die without wisdom. So there's sort of like this like juxtaposition between self abnegation, otherwise referred to as chokma and kadusha and holiness, versus self orientation, which is the realm of all things that oppose God and which the ultra Rabbi refers to as being death, connected with death. And now the ultra Rabbi goes on to say that this um, this category of this, this klipa and sitracha and like people that are likened to death doesn't only include the souls of the of the other nations, but it actually includes some Jewish people as well. It includes those Jewish people that we put in the category of Rashaim, of, of the, you know, the, the evil people that we spoke about. Remember the different categories of, uh, of Tzadikim, Rashaim, and Benonim. So Rashaim, and those who are referred to as being Poshe Israel, like the sinners of Israel, quote unquote, this is how they're referred to in the Gemara, in Masechet Brachos, page 18b. Um, before these people are faced with a, with test which would bring out their natural self-sacrificial nature to um, to sanctify God's name which as we'll see even such Jews have this within them they all because like we explained yesterday every single Jew has this innate self-sacrificial nature to want to sacrifice their lives for God um, but so this is the case even within these kind of Jews but but until they are in a place where they're faced with a test like this where it has to come out then at, at these moments they are also connected to this side of the Sitra Achara of the Klippa of the of death and all of that uh, why? Because the chokhmah that's found in their soul, this chokhmah, which is this this innate power that we spoke about yesterday and, the, and, and that we spoke about it today as well, which is to become totally self-abnegated in our source, uh, is totally, is, is within them, but it's in a way of gullus. It's in a way of, of exile within their, um, within their bodies and within their animal souls, which this animal soul comes from the side of the klipa, which is found in the left ventricle of the heart. And that's what's, what's ruling over them at this time. So, and this is connected to the secret of the gallus shechina, the exile of the shechina, as we spoke about above, right? So it's like when our godly spark is found in exile, then this means that the shechina is actually found in exile as well. And so this is why now we can understand that this love that we're referring to that's found in the godly soul, whose whole entire yearning and want is to cleave to God with the life of all life, is called by the name of avamisuteret, the hidden love, because it's hidden. It's hidden within these people, right? It's not revealed. It's there. And it's actually um, very much hidden and very much concealed within the a uh, within a sackcloth of klipa 
in these sinners of Israel. And this is what causes them to have the spirit of insanity, the spirit of the Ruchstut, it's called in Hebrew, the spirit of folly to sin. Um, and this is, and then in conclusion, the Altar references a, uh, a teaching in the Gemara in Masechet Sota, page 3H, it's a pretty famous teaching where it says, that a person doesn't sin unless a spirit of folly enters into them. That, again, that the only reason why, because it's not rational, it's not like a Jewish person by nature wants to connect with God, wants to cleave to God, wants to, to uh, be one with God, which means, which this translates into not doing anything that's against God's will. So if we find somebody doing something against God's will, it means that a spirit of folly has entered into them that made them temporarily insane. They've they've become temporarily insane. And the way that this can happen is because during those moments, while this person is in the state of being a Russia, then this love is still there that they have for God. This chokhmah that they have, this this innate nature that they have to cleave to God is still there, but it's it's concealed and it's in a way of exile within them. So it's not revealed, which is why it's not being translate into their translated into their everyday activities and lives but as we see we'll see tomorrow it's still very much there within them and and it actually the proof of this is that when faced with such a test of really when it comes down to it like you know bow to this idol or uh or declare your faith in god uh then even the most you know far out jews there will not renounce their judaism even if it means giving up their lives so stay tuned for that when we get into that tomorrow and continue along this theme and i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather avraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.